my goodness. All right. Revelation this morning. Revelation <clears throat> chapter 20. I'm going to change gears this morning, but I really believe the Lord would have me to preach what I'm going to. I know that it is Jubilee and uh, always honored to be here. And uh, I thank God for my church, Bible Baptist Church. And we've been privileged to be a member there for eight years already. And uh, we're grateful for that and thank God for our preacher. And uh, we appreciate these men that have been preaching this week. And, and I like old time religion. Thank God for it. I was thinking about when Brother Justin got through preaching last night and uh, about the fact that uh, Mo Granny, she was an old Methodist. And when she came to town, she didn't take us to a Methodist church. She took us to an independent Baptist church where they knocked the bark off of you when they preached to you. Praise God. And I got dealt with by the Spirit of God and got saved, and I thank God for that. And my dad, he had tried to take his life the fourth time, and they were letting him out on the weekends out of the mental ward of the hospital, and he came down to the house of God. And the man of God really was a mild man. He was a meek man, didn't get loud and jump up and down like I do. But I tell you what he did. He had enough boldness during the invitation. He went right to where my dad was standing. And he said, you may be the meanest man in Cleveland. God will save you too. What about that? And dad, of course, got mad. He didn't get saved there. But thank God for a man of God that will preach the Bible and not worry about what men will say or do. And uh, I thank God somebody preached to me. Revelation chapter 20 this, this morning uh, begin reading and in verse 10. The Bible said, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. They were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Back in October, I had preached at our missions meeting on why I believe in whosoever will. Brother Stacy Piercy made a statement. He said, I'm glad I'm not on the wrong side of whosoever. The Lord would pre help me this morning to preach. I want to preach on how to get on the wrong side of whosoever. Now, let me say, first of all, the fact number one, uh, that Jesus came into this world uh, as a little baby. And you'll find that in Matthew chapter one and Luke chapter one. Fact number two, Jesus was a man who had character. First Peter chapter one, verse 16 said, be you holy for I am holy. Our, our Hollywood producers like to make movies and blaspheme his character and taint his character. But can I say he is holy this morning? He always was holy and he always
Christ will be holy. It doesn't matter how far the church slides. It doesn't matter how far down she goes and we throw all the standards out the door. He will never change. He will always be a holy God, hallelujah. He said in Hebrews 9, 14, he offered himself without spot. He said he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Fact number three, Jesus was crucified and you know all of that in the gospels he gave himself for us. Fact number four, thank God, Revelation chapter one, Jesus conquered death, hell and the grave. He said in Colossians chapter two, that he having spoiled principalities and powers. You know what that really means? He ruined the devil. Thank God, I'm glad he ruined the devil at Calvary, hallelujah. Fact number five, Jesus is crowned with glory and honor. Fact number six, uh, Jesus is coming again in the rapture for the church. Uh, he's coming back for us uh, in the revelation. Uh, he's coming back with us. Uh, and what a glad day that'll be. Uh, I'll be glad for the day we can pull out of here and let the Democrats have it. Hey, praise God. What a blessing that'll be, amen. <laughs> oh, yeah. And facts number seven, Jesus in this chapter chronicles the events. We know in verse one through three of chapter 20, the devil is laid hold on and bound for a thousand years. Verse four, five, and six, he talks about the delight of living in the millennial reign. Uh, verse seven, eight, nine, uh, we know uh, the devil is loosed and has his way to gather up an army. Uh, but can I say in verse 10, uh, the devil lost uh, and is cast in a lake of fire. I'll be glad for the day uh, when he is bound hand and foot and cast in a lake of fire. We're gonna shout all over glory when that happened. That buzzard has taken some of my family to hell. And one day, one day, he's gonna get his. And thank God, I'm telling you, if you've never shouted in your day, you will when we get on the other side. I'm telling you, we'll shout the victory when the old devil is thrown at a lake of fire, hallelujah. I say hallelujah, I say glory, I say bless his name, I say glory, hallelujah, bless his holy name, amen. What a day that'll be, hallelujah. I'll give you five simple reasons how to get on the wrong side of whosoever. In our text in verse 10, there's a person who will help you get there. His name is Lucifer. And he'll deceive you. The Bible said he deceived them by having you to deny the principles of God. He'll tell you the Bible isn't true. He'll tell you us preachers are crazy. 
He'll tell you that you can't put confidence in the word of God. He's a liar, you hear me? He's a liar and a father of it. Oh, hear me, friend. He'll deceive you about the principle of the truth. He'll deceive you, number two. Go some with what Brother John was preaching on yesterday. He'll promise you things. If you'll go with him, he'll promise you popularity. He'll promise you things in this life. You know what he'll tell some of you young people? You may have been raised in the last few years in a pastor home and the church is struggling and you do without a lot of things and the devil tell you that God isn't fair. I'm glad he isn't. I'm glad he's much more than fair. But can I tell you 50 years of being saved I've got all I need this morning. I've never went to bed hungry. I've never sat on the side of the road because I couldn't put gas in my car. I've never had to get up in the morning and look in my closet and have no clothes to put on. I'm telling you the devil is a liar, young people. Oh, you won't be driving in a Rolls Royce or Mercedes, but I'll tell you what you will have. You'll have the joy of God in your soul. You'll have peace that passes all understanding. I'm telling you, I'd rather be in this way than anything in this life I say glory to God hey I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad I got saved amen hallelujah if you listen to the devil he'll take you to hell my brother John 1984 when he got leukemia I went into his room. I was moving down to Opelika, Alabama, work with Mac Ford in the children's home. And I said, John, you're gonna die without God and go to hell. Here's what he said. He said, oh, I'm getting out of here and I'm gonna drink another fifth of liquor and I'm gonna smoke me some more dope. John never got out of the hospital. And as far as I know, He died and went to hell. You know why? Because he was deceived by the devil. The devil said, man, you're gonna have some more time. You're gonna have a good time. Don't you you listen to your preacher brother. Oh, don't you wait. But I'm telling you, oh, listen, 39 years later, if he could trade places with you, if you're here lost, he'd trade places with you this morning and have one more opportunity. I'm telling you, the way to get on the wrong side of whosoever is, listen to the wrong person. Number two, procrastination helps you get there. Acts chapter 24, you remember Felix the governor. The Bible said that he was reasoned with about his soul. He said righteousness. He was reasoned with the fact that God was a holy God and he was an unjust man. You know, it's been said two or three times this week and I appreciate that. Before man can get saved, he's gonna have to be willing to deal with his sin. Oh, yes, friend. 
I had read a book that was written in 1901 and the man said in 1901, I'm afraid in the day we live in, we're not preaching on repentance. Can you imagine that? 122 years later, look where we are. Uh, you see, he reasoned with them with the soul of man, with the sin of man. The Bible said with temperance and chastity and self-government. Then uh, with the saving of a man, he dealt with the judgment to come. He reasoned with him. But you know what he said? he refused he said maybe some other day when it's more convenient for me can I say hey listen you don't get saved when you choose to you get saved when the Holy Ghost comes by your way and he knocks on your heart's door and he draws you I'm so grateful that he didn't give up on me the first time I heard it I said no the second time I heard it I said no, but thank God he came again and he knocked on my heart's door and he gave me another opportunity. And I said, I believe I will. And thank God I've been a drinking from that fountain ever since. I'm glad you get saved when he calls you, amen. That ain't Calvinistic, that's just Bible. Amen. How to get on the wrong side. It's procrastination. Just keep putting it off. Putting it off. Maybe some young person here, you got your mind on that far city. Can I tell you, it's not what it's cracked up to be. I was talking to Brother Danny yesterday and told him I'm going up to Cleveland in June. I always go up here when I'm preaching. We're going to go up here in the first week of June just to see my family. I said, I'm going to try to love on them some more. My family's been to hear me preach many a time. They've heard Brother Joe Williams preach and others preach down through the years. But they just keep putting it off. Keep putting it off. I'm going to tell you what they're going to do. They're going to end up in hell. Procrastination will help you get on the wrong side of whosoever. Can I say number three, that possessions will. You remember Mark chapter 10, verse 17, the rich young ruler. The Bible talked about, you know what happens with people that's got money and they're worried about God getting it all. They're, they want that security of possessions. Don't you remember people that are saved and men of God? You remember them early days when God told you to give when you didn't have it? And you struggled because you're like, man, this is my last dollar bill or this is my last $5 bill. But God proved to you. Can I tell you, young people, you never outgive God. You remember the little lady that gave all she had and she gave those two my, you know what happened? Uh, he said there was men that gave out of their abundance. You know what I believe? Uh, I believe that if you give uh, uh, when it hurts, uh, there'll be a day it won't be hurt 
to give. The devil will lie to you and tell you God will keep you broke and you'll never have nothing. But he's a liar, are you hearing me? Don't you worry about possession. There are people in our churches that are saved, but they're still chasing a dollar bill. They're still living to get all they can. I'm telling you, that won't bring true happiness like serving Jesus will, amen. Amen. Security of possession, satisfaction of possessions, the pleasure they bring, the social notoriety. You know, you get around people who's got money, they've got an air about them. Not all of them, but they act like they're up here and you're down there because they've got money. But see, they don't know but I'm the richest man in the world. <laughs> they, they don't know. Brother Doug, they don't know that I've got a retirement plan that's out of this world. Oh yeah. My, my father is rich in houses and lands. He owns the world, hallelujah. I'm glad he owns the grass. He owns a cattle on a thousand hill and he owns the grass that grows on it, amen. Oh, listen, don't you worry about possession. If that's what you're striving for and you don't want to be saved, you'll go to hell and take none of it with you. Can I ask you a question? Are you on the wrong side of whosoever? If God was looking for the best family, Brother Johnny wouldn't have come to mind. My dad had been in prison. My brothers were all dope dealers, Brother Doug. My family was a mess. But I'm glad he said he came for the sick. I'm glad he said he came for the common man. West Side Brother Dana was one of them bus drivers. Sister Esther, Brother Dana would come and pick us up. There above that old bar take us on the other side of town to the west side independent baptist church Hallelujah. oh thank god i'm glad that god loves sinners hallelujah oh yes Brother Daniel was talking yesterday that our goal is to show somebody him. That is our goal, and I'm glad somebody showed me him. Amen. Can I say, number four, that pride will help you get there? I want you to turn with me to the book of Numbers. Everybody knows this passage of Scripture. Numbers chapter 16, verse 1. Now Korah, the son of Ishar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, and Abiram, the sons of Eli, and then on, the sons of Peleth, the sons of Reuben, took men. They rose up before Moses and certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation of men, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, You take... Too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. When Moses heard it, he fell upon his face, and he spake unto Korah, 
You know what his problem was? He had too much pride to bow to the orders of God. He had the sacred duty to work in the tabernacle, but he wanted more. Can I tell you, you'll either come God's way or you won't come at all. God has an order, he has a Bible, and you'll either come his way, you're not gonna work your way there, you're not gonna try to be good enough to be there, you're not gonna get there because mom and dad went to church or dad's a preacher, there has to be a time in your own life that you personally have to deal with God and yourself and your sin and get born again, amen. Are you on the side of whosoever, the wrong side, because of pride? He wouldn't bow to the order of God. He wouldn't bow to the opportunity of God. You know what Moses said, Brother John, he said tomorrow. You know what that did? That gave him a day to get right with God. That gave him a day, Brother Chris. That gave him a day to say, you know what? I'm stupid. Man, I'm, 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 I'm going against God. I, 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 I better repent of this thing. Gave him an opportunity. One thing I have seen in 37 years of preaching and 50, almost 51 years of being saved, God is so gracious. God is so kind. God is so merciful. And he woos and he woos and he warns and he warns and he pleads and he pleads. And there comes a time that he has to deal. But thank God he always gives an opportunity. My brother John came to the church. He was flying to Minnesota to get a bone marrow transplant. He didn't have no money. Brother Joe Williams, my pastor, said, if you'll come, we'll raise up the money to get you a plane ticket. He came that night. The preacher preached on Judas's last chance. I watched my brother grab that pew and shake. Tears run down his cheeks. Brother Adam, my whole family, we were weeping, begging God to get a hold of him. That was an opportunity. Preacher asked if anybody was lost. He raised his hand, lost without God, but he went his own way. He went his own way. And far as I know, been in hell since 1984. But can I tell you, there was one there might be one this morning. There was a man whose name was on. And you'll find in verse 27, when he lists them all again, On's name is not in there. Oh, On went to the house and said, you know what? If them old boys want to go to hell, they can go to hell. But I'm not going to go to hell for them. I'm going to tell you, friend, there may be some young person that you have a friend. You don't want to get saved because they're not saved. Can I tell you, I wouldn't go to hell for anybody. I wouldn't go to hell for anything, I wouldn't let booze, I wouldn't let sex, I wouldn't let drugs, I wouldn't let hatred, I wouldn't let none of that mess get in on me, amen. Oh, on wasn't listed. He had enough sins. 
Are you on the wrong side of whosoever this morning? Are you a young person, a middle-aged person, an older person who has too much pride? My Aunt Dolores, my dad's sister, he's only got two left now. The whole bunch is gone. Three of them died last year. She got in the car with me. I, when I went up to preach revival a few years ago, I went on Sunday morning across town, picked her up and brought her to the house of God, preached to her. We got in the car, Brother Randy. And I said, Aunt Dee, why don't you get saved? Now you gotta know she was wicked. Ran the bar life, been with everything under the sun. And you wouldn't think somebody with that kind of lifestyle would make this statement. But she said, honey, I guess because I have too much pride. Can you imagine somebody that Jesus died for and loves and had been so wicked who's got open arms to receive them. You'd think they'd run to him. But she said, I've got too much pride. And I left her message about three weeks ago. She hadn't called me back. I said, I'm coming again. I want to pick you up and take you to the house of God. I want you to let me take you down there and preach to you again. I'm glad, thank God, there's some that get enough sense and say, I'm not going that way. I'm going to heaven. I'm not going to hell for nobody. Amen. Lastly, how to get on the wrong side of whosoever's prison will help you get there. And I don't mean behind bars. I'm talking about vices in your life. If you remember Matthew chapter five, when he said, it's better for you to pluck out your eye. He was dealing with adultery. He's saying if that is your issue and you don't want to turn that loose, pornography and filth and all of that garbage, you'd rather hold on to that. He said you'd be better to pluck your eye out and go into life with only one than to go into hell with two. There are men who would say, oh, if I didn't have to give this up, and I know we come just as I am, but if you make an issue with God, you will have to deal with that issue. He said, it'd be better that you would pluck your eye out than go to hell. Brother Adam, you know what I'm convinced of? As God's people, we don't think about the awfulness of hell enough. What a terrible place to go. Brother Doug, I'm working with a neighbor. I've talked to him twice, and the last time he told me he didn't really want to talk to me no more. I've been praying for him every day. God, open the opportunity one more time. It's whatever, whichever way you have to do it. I don't want that old boy to go to hell where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. Are you hearing me? Oh, listen, uh, pleasure uh, have you bound. If pleasure has you bound, I'd turn it loose today, friend. I'd run down this old-fashioned order and get born again. Amen. He also dealt with murder, hatred. Some people won't get saved because they hate some people. They don't want to get that hate out of their heart. What about that? 
Well, if they're a Christian, I don't want to be part of that. God, help us. Can I say, child of God, that is why it is so important to live right. That nobody can use us as an excuse to go to hell. That nobody can say, well, if that man's saved, then so am I. I don't ever want to be anybody's excuse to go to that awful place. Oh, are you hearing me? That's why it's important where you live. On the job, you live like a child of God. Amen. People that you hate. Then he said places you go. He said in chapter 18, it'd be better if you cut your foot off. If the places you go, the bars and the dope houses and the harlot houses, if that's what's keeping you from being saved, he said it'd be better you cut one of your feet off that you don't go to them places you'd get saved than to go to hell with both feet. I'm telling you, there's not a woman, there's no drugs, there's no booze, there's nothing in this life worth going to hell for. Nothing in this life. I am so glad I'm on the right side of whosoever. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that that little old church, West Side Independent, that Brother James, or uh, Tim Floor's daddy, Brother Jim, started. What about that? I believe he told me he started in 1968. He told me, <laughs> he said that they were free will Baptists. And they told him that he couldn't preach on the pre-tribulation rapture. He said, okay. So Sunday he preached on it. They went up to him and said, no, you didn't understand. You can't preach on that. He said, all right. So the next Sunday, he preached on it. <laughs> that after the third time, they told him he had to go. <laughs> and he said all he knew that, oh, Oliver B. Green was an independent Baptist, so he started an independent Baptist church. But God had me in mind. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Because four years later, Brother Elson, I went down that old-fashioned order and I got born again. And I'll never spend one night in the charred walls of the damned because I got birth in the family of God. I say hallelujah. I'm glad that I'm in the family of God. I'm glad that I'm saved, 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 saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm on the right side, whosoever. What side are you on? Thank you, preacher. Let's stand if you would, please. I told the preacher two or three weeks ago, I put this together. Brother Ellis, you know that sometimes you'll choose five or six messages. This one. God said, you're going to preach it. I believe that somebody in our presence is on the wrong side of whosoever. And God thinks enough of you that he said, I want you to preach it on Thursday morning to give somebody an opportunity 
Maybe as a child of God, you've got some family you want to come pray for. As our brother sings, would you let God help you today? Would you let him save you this morning?